What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday night to you and yours. Happy bi-week Wednesday to you and yours. Welcome to the All About the Birds weekly report here on the AAT Sports Network. I am Chip at Chip for the Birds, joined by Johnny U at Johnny U9322 and Mike at Rewind CEO. And we are joined tonight by the brilliant and amazing Rob Motti, who is an AP NFL writer and host of Faith on the Field. Rob, thank you for joining us tonight, my friend. What's up, Chip, Johnny, and Mike? How you guys doing? It's been a while. Good to see you again. It has been a while. Glad to have you. Oh, hey, Rob. Nice to meet you. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate your time tonight. You know, it's it's the bye week, so you'd think we wouldn't have anything to talk about. And I know you being a Philadelphia Eagles person, I got to ask you right away, how you feeling about Minshew Mania? Or is this one oh. overblown thing over and over again? Because I'm going to be honest, it's a little overblown. Minshew Mania is back. Is it? No. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not in Philly, and I don't get to uh, hear all of the the craziness surrounding it. I think fans are smart enough to realize the situation for what it is, uh, and that is that Gardner Minshew did a great job. At his job, he stepped in as the backup against a bad team and led his team to victory. But Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback for the Eagles, doesn't deserve to lose his starting job because of one game in which Gardner Minshew was terrific. He was excellent. He was uh, he did exactly what you needed him to do against the New York Jets. He was 20 of 25. He threw a couple mm -hmm. touchdown passes, no turnovers, and they won that game. But Jalen Hurts, as soon as he's healthy, he's going to step in and be the starting quarterback. And and I, I think most fans realize and understand that, and, and that's what the situation is right now. Because he, he doesn't deserve to lose his job after that. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do over the last four weeks because I've said this a few times this week on various interviews. The Eagles right now are in position to where if they don't make the playoffs, I think fans should be disappointed. They've set themselves up now at 6-7 and seven with the schedule they have the rest of the way and the way things have broken down in the NFC to where they could very likely be tied for the sixth seed, not even the seventh, uh -huh. tied for the sixth spot going into week 15 because you would think Washington should lose to Dallas and Cincinnati's got a chance to beat San Francisco. And if that happens, they're all six and seven. You can have a bunch of teams at six and seven. And then you're going into week 15 at, at six and seven at home against Washington. Then you're home against the Giants. Got to win both of those games. Put you at eight and seven, and, and then you got one more, two more games, the Washington game, and who knows what Dallas could be locked into a playoff seed by week uh, 18, and, and maybe Dak Prescott doesn't play. So the Eagles should win eight, nine games, potentially run the table, and that should put them in the playoffs. Now, the one question I want to ask you, and it kind of goes towards, you know, Jalen Hurts, and it's kind of Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. How do you think – they've progressed since their early struggles because there was a lot of a lot of noise early in the season and again with a a first year head coach trying to find his footing it seems like he's kind of found what he's you know what this what works with this team what do you think the feeling is so far through 13 weeks with those two guys especially Nick Sirianni well I think Nick came in here as a rookie head coach with obviously no experience in in a head coach uh, position and he's learning on the fly and it took him a little bit of time the first game against Atlanta was phenomenal for everybody came out of the gate and, and they did a great job
But then it, it was a, a, a little bit of a learning curve and he adjusted and, and that was good to see in his, and the whole season turned really guys. And we all know this, the season turned when they committed to the run. And once they committed to the run, took some pressure off Jalen Hurts, did what they do best. And that is run the football, allow that offensive line to dominate, uh, the, control the line of scrimmage, dominate their opponents. And, and then you saw whether it was Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, whoever it is back there, they were able to run the football and have success doing it. And, and that's really turned this season around for the Eagles. And I give Nick Sirianni a lot of credit because not everybody, some coaches come in and, and they want to run their system. And they want to keep doing what they want to do. But he adjusted. He, he realized, hey, this isn't getting the job done right now. We're going to we're going to do, we're going to simplify things and we're going to do what we do best. And it's worked for them. And, and Jalen Hurts, to me, up until the Giants game, he, he was steadily improving. He was looking like a guy who deserves every opportunity to go into 2022 as the starting quarterback. Doesn't mean he's the long-term answer. I don't think we're going to even know that, guys, in four games. I, I don't know what Jalen Hurts can do in the next four games to convince people that he should be the starter in 2022, but I don't think he's going to bottom out to where you're going to be absolutely convinced that he's not. So they're kind of in a, a, a still wait and see approach. And in the meantime, if you're winning football games and you can get to the postseason, it's a positive, it's a, you come out of this season and look at it as, as a, a huge win. I said to Sirianni the other day, do you feel you're ahead of schedule? And he didn't want to answer it and say, yeah, we are ahead of schedule. But I can't imagine anyone in that organization looks at what they've done this year and doesn't think they're ahead of schedule mm -hmm. when they were 4-11-1 last year and, and entering a rebuilding season. I think that it's it's interesting that you said the one thing about, you know, winning kind of cures all. And there's been a lot of chatter because in the offseason, before they hired Nick Sirianni, they talked about, you know, we want to pass the ball. It's an offensive league. It's an offensive league. And they found success with the running game. Is that as big of an issue in-house as people are making it that, you know, the ownership up top is upset of the run-to-pass ratio? Or is it still, we want to win football games, and whatever that looks like, that's what it looks like? Yeah, I think that might get blown out a little bit of proportions at times. I would hope that Jeffrey Lurie is happy winning football games as the owner of an NFL team, no matter what it looks like. And I know a lot is made of, when you go back, I guess now it's two plus years. It was that September 2019 Thursday night game against the Packers where they win the game and they ran a ball. Carson Wentz threw three touchdown passes. People forget that. He threw three touchdown uh -huh. passes in that game, but he was under 200 yards because they dominated. They ran for whether it was over 180, 190, 200, whatever it was, and they had a ton of success. They beat Aaron Rodgers on the road, three days rest, all of that. And then there was the the infamous uh, Tuesday conversation with Doug Peterson, where uh -huh. Jeffrey Lurie wanted to know why they ran. And all of a sudden, Lurie's painted out to be a guy who who hates to run and only wants to see his team pass to be successful. If that's the case, that's just horrible uh, way to look at it. That you got to be you you got to realize wins are hard to come by in the NFL. No matter how you can get them. You go for it, and you get each week. You get the W. Bill Belichick ran the ball. We we talked about this right before the start. He ran the ball three times to get a W against Buffalo on Monday Night Football on the road. Uh, I don't think Robert Kraft cares how they got that win. It was a huge win for the team, for the organization, 
put them in first place, not just in the AFC East, but in, in the whole AFC right now, they're the number one seed. And, and I think you got to do whatever it takes week in and week out to get that W that week. Now, that said, they do have to improve as a pocket passing team. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the knock against Jalen Hurts. And that's where he's got to get better. Rob, I want to I want to kind of flip the script here. I mean, I, I know you don't know me very well. I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts fan. Um, these two guys can attest to that. But I actually want to talk about the defense a little bit. Are you happy or he's, he's like, no, 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 too much, too much. Too, much. <laughs> no, I mean, I, too many compliments, too much praise for Jalen Hurts. No, no, ahead, not, here's the thing. I understand he is what he is. And I was talking to Johnny about this. I think, you know, I think long term Jalen Hurts is what we say Gardner Minshew is. I think he's going to be a competent backup in the NFL. I just don't think he has the passing potential to be what Nick Sirianni wants him to be. Uh, but my question for you is, we heard so much in the preseason from Jonathan Gannon. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're finally starting to see a little bit, a little bit of pre-step disguise and a little bit of post-step disguise and some pressure and everything. But um, are you disappointed with how the defense has gone? And I understand he doesn't have all the guys he wanted there to fit his scheme, but should he be doing more with what he has? I mean, look at Nick Sirianni adjusting, doing what he needs to do to win. So are you happy or upset with what Jonathan Gannon's done so far? I think a lot of it is a byproduct of the players that he has, but that means I don't, I don't want to say that and then excuse him as, as a defensive coordinator and say he can't be doing a better job. I think part of having success as an assistant coach or a head coach in the NFL is working with the talent that you have and maximizing their ability, no matter how good they are or, or what their ceiling is. And yeah, I, I think the defensive line was supposed to be the biggest strength of this football team. Losing Brandon Graham was huge. Fletcher Cox and a couple of guys, especially Fletch, they haven't played up to uh, the back of their football cards, especially in Cox's case. And, and he's, we, we know about the weaknesses in, in the linebacker position. So that's not saying it's an excuse for the way they've performed, but I would have liked to see more. Like Jonathan Gannon had said from the beginning, and, and uh, we, we all – uh, approved of the hire when he said, hey, the, I don't have a scheme or a system. I want to adjust my defense and what we do based on the strengths of the players. And and it took a while. They've had some ups and downs. And, and, and I think they've obviously, as the team has had success in the last six weeks winning four of those games, they've played better, but they still have a long way to go defensively. And, and guys, they just need talent. And when you look at three first-round picks yeah. coming in next year, if they actually keep those picks, and we could talk a little bit more about that uh, as we go here, if they do actually keep all three of them, you got to go defense heavy, meaning at least two of them on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that looking at this team, you know, we're at a point now where you know he mentioned he they're they're ahead of schedule a little bit, which is which is or you mentioned it, and he was kind of pushing back on it. Uh, at this point in the season, who is your biggest surprise of the team and who is your biggest letdown so far? Oh, man, biggest surprise on the team. I would say Jalen is it. I wouldn't say biggest surprise, but I've been pleasantly surprised with how Jalen has played up until the Giants game. Because I, I didn't know that he was even going to be capable of, at this point in the season, being in the conversation for next year. 
And, and I, I thought we'd probably get a better read on it and that the answer might be a negative one. And here we are, opportunity for this team to make the playoffs, uh, heading into the final three, four weeks of the season with we still don't know if the quarterback is or isn't, but he, he was trending in an upward motion for most of the season. And, and he, could, he could very well be a playoff starting quarterback by the by the end of the year and, and that to me is a positive for, for sure because I, I wasn't sure uh, about Jalen Hurts and I think a lot of us weren't sure I think a lot of people looked at it like he's just a placeholder until they go trade for somebody or they go draft somebody which could still happen and, and there's a lot to be determined so th- that for sure is like the biggest surprise um, biggest disappointment I, I, I guess Fletcher Cox I think I got to look at Fletcher just the way that I, I know there's the double teams and you talk about that and then you talk about some of the things that they'll defend him and say, well, he frees up other guys and all of it. Hey, Aaron Donald faces three, four guys. There's other players, J.J. Watt, when he, he was healthy, T.J. Watt, all these guys, they're getting double teamed and triple teamed. They're still producing it. And I think he's been a disappointment. Yeah, and that's, and, you know, a lot, a lot of people would have said Jalen Rager, but that's kind of like been overplayed a little bit, I would kind of say, in terms well, of disappointments. Um, I had no expectations for him. That's, <laughs> that's true. Un- okay. It's it's unfortunate, right? But after what we saw last year, like I, I, I looked at Jalen, I was I was already halfway there. Like I, I don't I don't anticipate him turning much around and he's not gonna be Justin Jefferson. I feel bad for the kid because I think he's gone through some things the pressure. And, and I had a conversation with him last year, right around this time when they had the, my cause, my cleats. And, and, and his cause was um, a, a I, I guess it was a nonprofit. I believe it was. And I, I forget exactly which one that had uh, a lot to do with mental health uh, and mental um, wellness and, and things like that. And, and I just see, saw a kid who might be going through that himself, but isn't ready to talk about it. And, and I don't want to put myself or speak for him, but I think the pressure of being a number one pick in Philly with the way Justin Jefferson performed being a uh, pro bowler yep. and a second team all pro, I think that really affected Jalen Rieger. And, and I hope it doesn't affect his career long term. And, and I, I would hope that he can turn it around at some point. But right now I have zero expectations for him. So you know, what, what would be your expectation in terms of for these last four games, if you want to kind of. Where do you, you know, you said eight, nine wins, but yeah. for you, what do you think with the, the games coming up the end of this season, this is the final stretch run. What do you, what are your feeling on that, on this final stretch run? Well, you got to win the next two. You're at home there. Uh, you got Washington coming in and, and then you got the buy and, and the extra week to prepare for them. Got to win that game. Got to beat the Giants. So now all, all of a sudden you're at eight and seven. And then the final two weeks, if you're going into that at eight and seven, I think they'll be already in a position where they're in the six or seven seed. And, and whether you go on on the road against Washington, get another win, it could come down to that. They could be the two teams battling for one of those spots. And, and whoever wins that game in, in the next to last game of the season or final week of the season, if Dallas is locked into, say, the four seed and really has nothing to play for, or they're locked into the three seed, whatever it is, um, then you got you should win that game. So I would be disappointed if they don't finish this year at nine and eight, at worst nine and eight. Yeah, as long so, as they don't flex yeah, yeah. any of these games, that's oh. that's all I care about. I just um I wanted to go back to Jalen Rager real quick. 
one thing I noticed, I keep meaning to bring this up in the preseason, watching one of the games uh, when they had like the, the guys that were fighting to make the team. I saw Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager standing together on the sideline and Quez Watkins looked like he was telling Jalen Rager about running routes. Like I saw him making the motions of like the route tree on his hands and Jalen Rager was standing there listening to him. So it's like, I didn't know how to kind of interpret that. Like does Rager not know what he's doing or is he just, you know, being a good teammate, talking to a teammate and they're just bouncing stuff off like a coworker. I mean, I'm a huge Quez Watkins fan. So anytime Quez is on, I'm a fan of that, but. That would be problematic, man, if that were the case. Yeah. You talk about two guys who came in here at the same time. Um, I don't One's know. What, round pick. Yeah, I don't know what the situation was there, what the conversation w- was like. Sometimes they could be just going over. He could be reassuring himself, hey, I'm doing this. I, I, would, I would hope that Jalen Rieger is controlling the things he can control, and one of those is you better know the plays. Uh-huh. And, and, and if, if you don't know the plays and you need help with that, then that could be – uh, part of the reason why he hasn't been as successful as he should be, and uh, that would be extremely problematic. So my final question, I want to loop back one more time to the quarterback of it all because I saw you had a conversation with Russell Wilson about – and apparently, you know, Russell Wilson has already booked his ticket to the, being the next Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, and apparently he was the only one who didn't know that. Um, so this kind of goes with our, our, this kind of goes with Ryan's question here. You know, what do you think of the Eagles? Are they looking for another quarterback this season? Are they going to Wilson? Are they going to Watson? Are they drafting? And uh, when can we expect to buy our Russell Wilson's Eagles uh, jerseys? I, I don't think they even know yet what they want to do. Uh, I think they got to let the season play out. And, and Jalen Hurts has four more games to continue to prove what he can do. And and it could be five games because he could lead them to the playoffs. Can you imagine he leads them to the playoffs and gets gets a win, and then all of a sudden you want to move on from him? Everybody wants yep. to talk about Russell Wilson, and everybody has him coming to Philadelphia. And, and as I said uh, a few weeks ago, I spoke to him um, right as soon as he was coming back from the injury. And, and it's not like he was going to tell me on air in, a, in an interview that he's going to go. But we had, we had a, a longer conversation before and after and all that stuff. And – I just got no indication that this is a guy who's going to want to come to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think there's other teams that are more attractive or would be more attractive to him. And that's a big if, if he leaves Seattle. And I'm not there yet. And I don't know that he's there yet. And I think Seattle would be stupid to trade Russell Wilson, who is 33. It's Mm -hmm. wants to. He told me in that conversation, I want to play another decade. I I want to play until I'm – in my, I want to have a 20-year career, which means he's going to go into the Tom Brady range, the 42, 43, and I think he could still be an elite quarterback for four, five, six more years. So why would they want to trade him and then rebuild around something unproven when you could try and take a year off and retool and rebuild and, uh-huh. and know that you still have a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson? So one, I'm not convinced he's going anywhere, and if he is, I'd be, I'd be surprised if it was Philly. I think it would be more likely New Orleans, Carolina, Pittsburgh, other teams that could be more attractive to him. That doesn't mean things won't change. And that's the same with Deshaun Watson. If his only option to play football again is in Philly, well, you better believe Deshaun Watson's going to want to play football. And if his only option, and the Texans said to him, the only team we can make a deal with is the Eagles, he's going to say, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go right. because he wants to play football. Um, here's something else that I – May, may somebody just talked to me about this yesterday and, and I, I dropped it in a, a different interview. Uh, I had a conversation with an AFC 
uh, team executive. And he said, everybody's talking about the Eagles trading up or trading these three first round picks and, and maybe using them for a quarterback. What if they took another year to evaluate Jalen Hurts? And then as a backup plan, instead of using those three first round picks, trading a f- trading two of them out and accumulating more first round picks in 2023 mm. in case Jalen isn't the answer in 2022. And, and I thought about that and I thought about the way how he likes to wheel and deal. And sometimes he does like to, to move back and get more picks. And if you could turn a one from one of the three ones this year into a one, a two and a three or something else, that's just something to think about. They mm-hmm. could very well Absolutely. decide, Hey, let's give, let's give Jalen another year. We don't want anybody in this draft class. We can't get Rodgers. We might not be able to get Watson. We're not going to get Russell Wilson. Let's back trade back and get some of these first-round picks in 2023 and then take our shot then if we get an opportunity to evaluate Jalen Hurts one more year. And I think that might not be the dumbest thing to do. I, right. I think that, that to me, it, it, it makes sense. I don't know mm-hmm. that they're thinking this. This is just some another team – uh, a guy from another team was kind of familiar with it, with the Eagles and their thing. And he said to me, Hey, they might be doing this. They think about that. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad. Well, Rob, we, we know you got another interview to get to. So we do appreciate your time. Um, if you want to talk about where people can find you and what you're doing, we, you know, the, the time is yours. The floor is yours. Appreciate it. Just uh, at Rob Motti on Twitter. And I post everything that I, I'm doing there, whether it's faith on the field show and, I uh, had an awesome run so far. We've been in, uh, doing it for five years. We're on eight radio stations across the country. Uh, that's my passion. Love doing that and, and everything else that, that I'm doing. So you can just follow me right there on Twitter, on social, wherever it is, and, and uh, keep up that way. So appreciate you guys. Uh, keep up those awesome videos, man. You guys, <laughs> you, you do a phenomenal job. It, it's tremendous. I love it. We thank you. Well, we How's appreciate you. Happy belated birthday. You and Chip have the same birthday. We have the same birthday, Rob. We're both December 5th babies. Hey, happy birthday, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. I just know that T.O. is like two days after us, man. So uh, uh, that's how I I, I go. (laughs) T.O., my brother, and Jay-Z is like right there in between. So it's a good week. It's it's an elite company. It's an elite company. For sure. I will right, let you get going. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You You too. So, I mean, he's, he's really positive about this. He, he's think, I mean, and we've said this before, you know, let's be honest. They did not have, they, there was no reason for them to lose that Giants game. It was an embarrassment. They came back, they beat a Jets team that, you know, that they were supposed to beat. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at the next couple of games, they, they should run the table at least up until Dallas. And who knows? I mean, we're kind of penciling Dallas in as the NFC East champs. But they haven't done what they needed to do yet. And they usually don't. They 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 usually don't. We're in December now. You know, I I do have a question. And I don't know, Chip, I don't know if you saw the the tweet that I sent out today. Um, You know, it's everyone, when Gardner Binshew beats the Jets, everyone's like, bro, calm down, it's the Jets. But when when Jalen Hurts beats the Lions, everyone's like, oh, my God, did you see how good he looked? I pulled up the box score. In the Lions game, Hertz was 9 of 14 for 103 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He did run the ball seven times for 71 yards. I, my, my the thing is, there was a lot of people that said it's, it's only the Lions. The Lions stink. I listened to a lot of people that said that, you know, a couple other podcasts that talked about that, and they were talking about, well, it's the Lions. The Lions are an absolute dreadful football team. You can't, I think for more with Jalen Hurts, the Denver game was a little bit of more of a an eye-opening, hey, you know, then, and that I understand. Good. But again, yeah. 
Gardner Minshew is a is a quarterback that you should be comfortable with if something were to happen to Jalen Hurts in this stretch run. As we you can know, see, we we definitely can be for sure. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's the one thing that you know give you got to give Howie credit for making that deal to give up a six round draft pick to get a player in Gardner Minshew that right. you never know this offseason, he could wind up turning him over to a team you know as like a bridge type of quarterback for any of these other teams that that miss out on the big fish in the free agency or trade market and you can get a higher draft pick than what you traded so there's options that they're going to have come this offseason wait didn't they trade away then joe flacco for a sixth they they sure did so yes. they essentially traded joe flacco for Gardner Minshew. right and which look i mean that, which is an upgrade in my opinion yeah, I, I we agree. have said on this show that each of these guys has things that they do really well or okay and things that they you know need to improve on Gardner Minshew while yes beating the Jets and while yes looking very competent in the first half the second half they they committed more to the run game so he didn't have to do as much true Gardner Minshew did not do anything that would make me go wow he is better than Jalen Hurts is at this moment is he better at reading what a defense gives him? Absolutely. But athleticism, leadership, when Herbig launched the ball to the moon on his first snap, who was the first guy that went over? It was Jalen Hurts. He he can't play center, by the way. Like, he cannot play center. No, 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 no. He, he cannot just, play center. He just they gotta do something else if, if Kelsey would, would ever miss time or they need they need to see if Suo Peta or uh, who's the Luke Jariga. I would say Luke Jariga would be the would be the guy my 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 opinion there but herbig is a guard he is not a center and those two as far as i'm concerned those two positions are not interchangeable and we are seeing that right now i think it's interchangeable with landon dickerson or isaac salamalu because they they have the skill set and they have a little bit more of the kelsey body type where okay they're the pulling centers that's what made has made kelsey so successful is that he pulls into the run game like a guard normally would that's what he's innovated about the position herbig is more of your throwback you know, your your Jamal Jackson's, your Hank Fraley body type. That's right. I broke out jiggles. Ooh. And that doesn't work with an offense of this speed in today's game. That's why when um, Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan was available, I was like, get him. Cesar Ruiz, is that the guy's name? Yes. You're right. You're okay. Right. I wanted him, and they have him playing guard wherever he ended up. He's in New Orleans. That's what I'm saying. So – he would have been the ideal replacement, but he didn't end up here. Herbig is not the solution no. at backup center. No. And but to my point, Jalen Hurts is the leader of this team. And you saw Gardner Minshew. Look, you knew that the Jets are terrible against the pass when it comes to tight ends. So you knew as a safety valve, Dallas Goddard was going to have a huge game. That's why, Mike, before we went on the air on Sunday, I made the choice to start Dallas Goddard, and he played huge for me in fantasy. Also, I said I would have started Dawson Knox, but I didn't know that the weather was going to be that bad in New England. So, if he did drop a ball, though, that was wasn't that a touchdown or something? Yeah, he did yeah. drop. So, Mac Jones lost me a few games too because I had some guys on buys. So all I had was Mac Jones, and I mean, it's not really his fault. So it's not, but oh my god, what a game plan! But I think my point yeah. is this: you know, Gardner Minshew, while a capable backup. And he came in and he did the job, did not do anything to take this job away from Jalen Hurts, who has done a good job of it when it is within his lane. 
When they ask him to drop back and pass the ball 40, 45 times, that's not what he does, and they need to stop doing that. They need to commit to the run game and allow Jalen Hurts to be the athletic quarterback he is until he gets his arm more at an NFL caliber. So the other thing I did see, um, I know Jay Glazer said something about Hurts having a high ankle sprain, which usually is a two- to four-week recovery. So uh, that's just – it's something that keep an eye on this upcoming yeah. week because, you know, 75% Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, that's, you know, if he's not a 75, 80%, 90%, he's not This is a must win game. It's a must win game. This is, it's his right ankle, right? So that's, that's his plant foot. If, I, if yeah, I'm correct, I think, I think it, I, I think it is. His, yeah. I think it is his right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It is something to think about, you know, I'm, uh, the podcast I listen to, they're saying that it's not just the ankle. It's like it involves the heel as well, this this case. And you know, what I hated was the TV coverage. They're like, oh, look at Jalen Hurts hobbling around on the sideline. Then the camera pans to him, and he's just standing there watching the game. I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's the starting quarterback, and he's out. But you're talking about something, one, that's not happening right now. Can you please get me back to the game so I can see what's actually happening? Like, I, just, I hate the the manufactured crap that they do like that. You yeah, know, the manufactured drama. Like you remember the the one Steelers game when they were talking about when Najee Harris got to Alabama, he kept sleeping on the floor because he never had a bed. And then he tweeted out, he's like, No, dude, I slept in the bed. You know what I mean? Like, don't you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Or or Raiders games with Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah, every time. It's like we get it. Show the game, please. Sorry, just a little rant that I had because I hate No, but you're you're right. And I think that kind of talks to the idea of just sports media in general you know we just had rob on rob is not the kind of guy who is the shock jock he he told it like it was but if you look at i mean the fact that gardner Minshew started the game before the bye week we all said this it is going to be a living hell these next two weeks a living hell yeah, yeah that's I, I think a lot of it's a living hell if you happen to listen to the trash radio stations that like to play a bunch of nonsense. There's certain people on there that are that are pretty good, but there's a lot that are not very good and just want clicks. Um like I, and there's a lot of people in here that just want to fill everything with clicks. So, um you know, for me it's just I, you know Jalen Hurts, it's his job. And it's going to be his job and these last four weeks are going to be huge because you're in, in position for playoffs. So for me, it's just looking to kind of see how he can overcome the giants game because that was a, that was a a tough game on him. He struggled mightily to come back. Mm -hmm. He's injured, come off of the injury, coming back against a a team that has won. uh, If I'm not mistaken, what four or five straight, uh, they, Maybe more. No, no. I think I think four. I think four straight. They've won the Washington football team. Now they're playing Dallas this week. But let's see what let's see what what's going to happen because so far this season, I kind of want to get each of your guys. You know, we asked uh, a surprise for uh, Rob Monty and disappointment. You know, we'll get each of our surprise and disappointments. But overall, this this season through thirteen weeks, um, you know, I, I had the Eagles at I think ten and seven. I had them this year. So. I'm a little under that right now. You know, it still could possibly happen, but I did say anywhere between seven and 10 wins, you should be expected. And I think right now they're kind of somewhat on par with that. But my biggest thing was seeing what Nick Sirianni is doing and what he's doing with this offense. And I feel like that's something to really, because 
if you look at the rest of the rookie head coaches or the rest of the new head coach hires that have that are in this league right now, you know, Arthur Smith, Robert Sala, uh, Brandon Staley, you know, you have all these guys who are rookie head coaches. Nick Sirianni's up there either number one or number two. In my of the rookies? Uh, of the new head coaches. I would yeah. agree with that. I would agree. He, you know, he, he had, had a lot Smith. of the tools. He had a lot of the tools already. So he wasn't coming in. But look, Jalen Hurts, while not officially a rookie quarterback, had a little bit of experience. He had been exposed to an offense. He kind of was in professional offenses before. I think he was in the best position with as far as quarterback goes. Um, but he had some pieces already. You know, he had the stud running back. He had the high wide receiver draft pick. He had a solid offensive line already. There was a lot of things already in place for Nick Sirianni to be successful. He kind of just had to go in and, and, and dial the right buttons up. And I think he's done that. You know, I had this team at seven and 10 on the season so far. And so far, the only ones I've gotten wrong is I thought that the Raiders would be a win. And I thought new Orleans would be a loss. Everything else. My picks were right. I had photo proof. Um, also, Look at the second half. I figured by the second half is where we would drop off. Lost, win, lost, lost. Well, we were wrong. They flipped the script there. But uh, just logging on the ESPN here, uh, clicking on the Eagles, they have signed LaRaven Clark to a contract through 2022 and waived quarterback cornerback Matt Mac McCain. So again, I think I, th I think a lot of that is uh, with LaRaven Clark. I think a lot of teams are trying to sign him off the practice squad. So each week. Because, well, that's why they protected him a lot of the time as well. So no one poached him off. Because he's, he's a veteran tackle who can play both left and right. So for me, he's back up and in the – And we're also at a point in where teams are putting their playoffs teams together and you need your guys are starting to get hurt. So you go ahead, John. I didn't mean to cut you no. off. Can no, he play you, guard? Just out I, of curiosity? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure he probably could. Uh, but I know he's more of, back a swing, center? more of a swing tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, the, the, the thing about it is now is – they they did that kind of switcheroo. Now we don't have to, you know, we don't have 27 cornerbacks in the room since they only really only play three cornerbacks at a time. Um, they don't play any more than that. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give my someone I'm surprised and my disappointment. Uh, we'll start with all the surprises. My surprise, I, I'm gonna go with Marcus Epps. I know I've talked about him a couple times, but he he does what he's asked. He makes plays, and you can see he's elevated over. You know, draft pick of last year, Kayvon Wallace. Kayvon Wallace is not seeing defensive snaps. The last yeah. couple of weeks, he's gotten zero, just special team snaps. And Marcus Epps is steadily, to me, honestly, I think Marcus Epps is the best safety. I think he's better. He's playing a lot better than Ronnie McLeod and Anthony Harris. So, and that, that's just my opinion on it. But he's he struggled when he first came here, and he's gotten progressively better. He is a durable safety and. You know, he's really good in the run game. He comes up and he'll hit you. And he's not the biggest guy, but he plays sound football. And it's something that we want to see on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, he's not a, he's not a pro bowler. He's not an all pro, but he does his job. He does what he's asked. And I think he's right. really he, he fills his role. Absolutely. And he fills it pretty good. So yeah. is that your uh, and Kayvon Wallace is your disappointment? No, Kayvon Wallace isn't my disappointment. I just said he jumped him. Um my, I guess you could say my, my disappointment in all, you know, I'm, 
I don't want to bring him up. I guess I will. All right. So my my disappointment is going to be a little bit on Miles Sanders just because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's, okay. that, that's the biggest. It just seems I think like that's fair. Every good game, like last week, he got hurt, and we before it's just like you want him to stay healthy because he's got so much talent, and then he gets hurt, and it's just like almost like drains you a little bit. Thinking, man, it's just he ha- he's right there, and yet he he gets an ankle injury or something. It, it just Puts him out a something, week or two. Something that pulls him off the field. Yeah. So, and that's the, that's the story of his Eagles career right now. Whether it's hamstrings, whether it's it's just it's been nonstop with him, unfortunately. Mike, who's your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment this season? So, my biggest surprise is actually T.J. Edwards. Um, yeah, good one. If, if you guys know me, you know I've been a fan of T.J. Edwards for a long time. I didn't think the defense would get that much better with him in there. I figured it would be an upgrade. Um, I mean, Eric Wilson, I, I, I had high expectations for, you know, I think we all did. Who has not played a stat. He has not played a snap. I don't think with Houston. And And they just released a linebacker today. So that could change possibly um, this week, but I had high hopes for him. I had high hopes for Singleton. It just didn't work out. And they put TJ Edwards in and, I'll tell you what, for a guy who we're constantly told isn't athletic and can't cover and can't do this, can't do that, he's he doing pretty damn good. My disappointment, though, and you know, I hate to go back to this, Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. I just hoped at this point in his second NFL season, he had worked with Jalen Hurts before. I think he actually played more with Jalen Hurts than he did with Carson Wentz last year because Rager was hurt for most yeah. of the right. So he, he, he should have in the beginning there. He should have already had that rapport coming in. You know what I mean? It, it, I just expected at least some sort of confidence from him, and we're not seeing it. And, you know, maybe a Nelson Aguilar-style benching would be in order for Jalen Rager. Maybe this spotlight's too big in Philadelphia yeah. for him. I don't know. But when Quez Watkins, who's six-round draft pick, who, again, I love Quez Watkins, when a six-round draft pick is taking you off the field, there's concerns there. But Jalen Rager got drafted too high. So if we're basing it just off draft picks, I mean, is it, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Is it really Jalen Rager's fault that Howie valued him much higher than he should have? Is it really JJ Orsega Whiteside's fault that he was valued too high? It's not. And you know what? Okay. The biggest disappointment of my lifetime is Harry Roseman. Can we just say that? Of his lifetime. <laughs> I said of the season and you just went straight dark emo there. I'm going, well, going for the guts. Gusto. Makes sense. So, my biggest disappointment, I'm going to go disappointment first. My biggest disappointment is it's also, you know what? No, it's Dallas Goddard. While he had a good game against the Jets, he has not done enough that made trading Zach Ertz, to me, a reasonable decision. Okay. He had not unseated Zach Ertz. And when you get rid of one of the most popular tight ends in football and in, in Philadelphia Eagles history, you better do something to replace it. And he, I just feel like he hasn't. I feel like he hasn't been enough of a safety valve for Jalen Hurts to develop his passing game. You know, a lot of the Eagles, historically, quarterbacks have gotten really good because of the safety net of a tight end. And Dallas Goddard does not provide that to Jalen Hurts. 
whether it's the scheme, whether it's the play calling, whether it's the reads, Dallas Goddard is not doing enough to help a young developing quarterback out. So my biggest think, disappointment is Dallas Goddard. I think you, and I'm, I'm going to keep getting out, getting on you for the Dallas Goddard comment, because I think he is a, a tight end one. And to me, a lot of the people looking at the box score, isn't going to tell you the whole story. Because I think he's a tight end one. I don't think he's a top tier tight end. There's a difference. A, that's fair. He, he can block with the top tier tight ends. I watch him on Sunday. Watching JJ Single Whiteside can block. He is a top tier blocking wide receiver. Doesn't mean he's a good wide receiver. Chip, can I just can I bounce a question off of you? Love it. In regards to that, what we saw on Sunday, Gardner looked like he used a little bit more of the short screen intermediate game than Jalen Hurts has been. So, could we say that maybe Dallas Goddard's slow start was a combination of Zach snaps away from him, Jalen not seeing him because maybe he would run instead of looking to dump it off. Do you think that could be a possibility of his, you know, the slow start that he 100%, had? 100%. But remember, it also comes with, you know, working in practice and working with and feeling that comfort level. Jalen Hurts through the first 13 weeks of the season did not feel comfortable with Dallas Goddard, the receiver. So his first instinct in that split second was to take off and run, was to force throws into Devontae Smith. Whereas Gardner Minshew goes, you know what? My tight end's got a job to do. I'm going to throw it to my tight end. And then Dallas Goddard caught the ball against a Jets team that all season has struggled against tight ends. The only team that has struggled against tight ends worse has got to be the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Chip, what do you think? What do you think like his target share is here? Dallas is like, what, what do you think? For the entire season? In, no, like, what do you think his high and low targets would be in a game? Because, I mean, the targets were there. The catches weren't there at first. I mean, he had a seven-target game against Detroit. He had six against the tar Chargers, eight targets against the Saints. So he was getting the targets, but but how many times? But, but and that's and that's kind of my point. He had how many against the Saints? Uh, he had eight with five catches for sixty-two yards. He's only broken a hundred. And that yards was one. Times. And that was one of the games where we committed to the run game, right? It was, yeah. I committed a lot to the run game the last. So give me a game weeks. where Jalen – so the Giants game. Jalen Hurts threw the ball how many times? Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. I think it was like – I think it was in the 40 range, 35-40. No, I think he only completed like 14 passes. I think it was – I thought he only threw it 30, 30 times or 31 times. Okay. How many targets did Goddard have that night? Three. Three. One That's a problem. Yards. That's a problem. In a game where you are throwing three interceptions and forcing the ball into your star wide receiver who cannot get open, and you've now thrown, like I said, three interceptions, you've got to come get just build completions up. And Goddard should have had 10 to 12 targets, nine catches that night alone. There is no trust for Dallas Goddard. And whether that's from the practice room, whether that's because there was no separation, whether that's the just building relationship, Dallas Goddard isn't doing enough. Maybe in the meetings he needs to say, look, I'm open. I'm open here. I'm open here. I'm open here. And then there's got to be the confidence bill. But Dallas Goddard has not done enough to be considered a top tier. Yes, he's the tight end one. He is the best tight end in the Philadelphia Eagles room. Just like Cole Hamels is the ace of the Phillies. Not Cole Hamels. Um, uh, Aaron Nola is the ace of the Phillies. He's just the first pitcher that they send out. He's not an ace. Well, that's good. That, that's kind of debunked with Zach Wheeler, but that's for another show. It's for my show. That's what I'm saying. I did a whole show about it. But again, 
my biggest disappointment is Dallas Goddard because he has not been an integral part of this team when in reality, everything given to him says he should have been. Who's your surprise? Did you give it? Did you give your surprise? I did not get my surprise yet because this is going to hurt my feelings. JJ Ortega Whiteside. It is not JJ Ortega Whiteside, who is two <laughs> for two Burnett. in his targets. My, my surprise is somebody that five months ago, six months ago, I blew veins and arteries about uh, being a member of the Philadelphia I Eagles. I know who it is. A running back at Indiana. My surprise is Jordan Mother Effin Howard. And I am, I'm going to sit here and eat all the crow because I was flat out wrong. The way that they have utilized Jordan Howard, and you can see the difference of games when he was on the field versus games that he was not. The trust in the run game for games when he was on the field and when he was not. I have never in my life could have imagined a day when I was disappointed that Jordan Howard was not suiting up for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Yeah. Come first. You've come full circle. So okay. you know what it is? Because I'm not pushing my own agenda. I look at this team with passion, but objectivity. I realize that while it's better because you're not you're not trying to fill people's ears with nonsense. Well, exactly. And the point of it all is, Johnny, you. If they had used him as the previous regime had used him, and if they had used him as they were planning on using him in the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, it, it stifles what he brings to the team. When they started utilizing him in the run game, it changes everything. Yeah. No, you're right. When they started using him, look, look at 20, what, 29, was it 2019, right? Green, the Green Bay and the Buffalo games. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Games. So, yeah. You I'm know, glad. here's what I understand too. Why why do these other teams not want Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard is a good NFL running back. Yeah. He, he's powerful. He hits the old heart. Great vision. One cut, bam. And he's gonna most likely he's gonna knock somebody on their ass. That's well, why he, like played, he, he played for Chicago and got a lot of wear and tear and mileage when he was there. He came here, he had a good season. He went to Miami and played horrible. Well, he was, that was overweight. That was Chan Gailey. Uh, there yeah. was reports out that Absolutely. Chan Gailey never wanted him. It's like that. First of all, this Why is what Chan I Chan Gailey still even in the league? Okay, they brought him out of retirement. Brian Flores did. And this is the stuff I hate. You can't tell me that Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins could not have found a Nick Sirianni or somebody of that ilk or a positional coach like a Shane Steichen that would like to be an offensive coordinator, you know, a younger mind <laughs> with fresh ideas. Instead, we keep recycling Chan Gailey. Norv Turner is probably out there coordinating something somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, like it's just get some new ideas and there's some new blood. I'm so glad that the Eagles do not recycle these old head coaches like Remember when they wanted, uh, like, everyone's like, oh, we got to get Cowher out of retirement, or let's get this, or let's get Mike McCarthy, or this guy. Like, no, McCarthy has been a waste, exactly. You're telling me that that team shouldn't be a lot better with a different. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are loaded, but that was Chan Gailey not using Jordan Howard, right? I think at one point in time, he had like three carries for four yards and three touchdowns last year. He finished. 
He finished with 35 carries and four touchdowns last year. <laughs> the last job that Norv Turner had in the NFL was in 2019 as Carolina Panthers special assistant to the head coach. Norv Turner's career win record is 114, 122, and 1. His, his son, I think, is the offensive coordinator of the Washington football team, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. So, remember, you know, Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera, the connections. Offensive coordinator got, for the Washington football team. Yes, sir. Joe Brady got fired on Sunday, too. Yeah, well, Joe Brady gets fired. Dable looked terrible. Yeah, that offense does not look right. No, it does not. They, they have no consistent run game. And then these reports come out about Joe Brady where uh, Matt Rule said, I wanted him to run the ball more. Dude, you're starting with him. Hurt. With him. That's what I'm saying. Like, Chuber mm-hmm. Hubbard, I liked him at Oklahoma State. The fourth round pick. You, who else is there? Uh, Royce Freeman. Their offensive line isn't very good as well. So there's a lot of factors in that. And then I think that they made Joe Brady the fall guy for for, for things sure. that were out of his control. For sure. You know, you bench PJ Walker for Cam Newton, and Cam Newton comes in, stinks it up, and you bring PJ Walker back in. Like, what are you what are you guys doing? Uh, let's fire Joe Brady. And you know what, Johnny? I think you're right. I think Matt Rule is back in college sooner rather than later. You can definitely I, see I, re- I really do think that. Money being thrown around there, but yeah. So looking looking ahead, right? We know how we all feel. Real quick, simple yes or no, and maybe a, a quick explanation. Does this Philadelphia Eagles team make the playoffs this season? Oh, wow, you're throwing you this to, question on us. I, I have to. Because that's the only thing that matters in Philadelphia. We all sat here, you know, months ago and said, well, it's a developmental year and, you know, we're not expecting anything. And here we are sitting and no team in football, not even the NFC, no team in football has solidified themselves as a lights out contender. Every team has flaws. This is probably one of the most even keeled based NFL seasons I have seen in recent memory. The Eagles are right in the middle of that pack. Do the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs? I'm not asking about winning playoff games or Super Bowl runs. I'm not. We're not. Do they make the playoffs this season? Go ahead, Mike. I'll let you. Yeah, since your eyes rolled into the back of your skull, I think Mike should answer first. Of course, he'll let me go first. Thank you. I'm going. I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. And the only reason I'm saying no is because these are all division games. We saw how fluky division games can be against the Giants game. Fluky right there. That's why I'm saying no. I think if we would have won that Giants game, I would confidently be sitting here saying yes. Yeah. Um, but that one hurt. Uh, Johnny. This one's tough because, like, like Mike said, that Giants game, I feel like that's going to be – it's going to come to – in my feeling, it's going to come down to a tiebreaker, and the yep. Eagles aren't going to have the tiebreaker because, one, they lost San Francisco. They're right there. Plus mm-hmm. Minnesota. What does Minnesota do to end the year? If those two teams are in there, I think they may have the tiebreaker of the Eagles. I think the Eagles may just missed out. So I'm going to say no. And I'm Mr. Optimistic, but I, unfortunately, I, I want to see him make the playoffs. Of course, we all do. But right now, I'm going to say no. I, I think they have a tough a tough stretch because I don't think Dallas rests their starters, in my opinion. I think you know, they have something to play for. I think yeah. that because there's only one bye, only one bye week, Dallas is going to be in the running for it because Arizona hasn't pushed past them. They play Arizona before the Eagles, so that's going to be a big telltale. That's sign. that's what I'm saying. So for me, while yes, that loss to the Giants hurt severely, 
and the 49ers, they're in the playoff push. I mean, there, there, there are some really bad losses to the wild card related teams. I don't think you lose to the Giants again, who are, you know, having their own uh, offensive struggles because I, I mean, look, I don't think Daniel Jones is very good, but it doesn't get better with what they've got in the room. You know, Jake from State Farm is not the answer. I think they beat the Giants. I think they win against Washington once. So they go one and one versus Washington. Ding, ding, ding. I don't know what that was, but. That was um. It said threat secured and popped something up, which I didn't open any different web pages or anything. So I don't know why. I so while that. Mike is looking at pornography during our show, um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Again, I I think that it's going to come down to the Dallas game, and I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles will squeak into the playoffs. Ooh, so Chip is the optimistic one here. Not Johnny. Like Squeak. Okay. Can I just bounce something off of you? Sure. Would you rather? And you guys can both answer. I don't like that. Bounce something off of you because I get the wrong image. That's would you rather? <laughs> would you rather the Eagles make the playoffs and lose, or miss the playoffs? So I'm gonna take this one first because last season we sat here. And I've said flat, I said, I don't want to make the playoffs this season because it was the someone has to win the NFC East conversation. And that to me wasn't the Eagles didn't deserve to be in the playoffs last season. And we spent way too much time talking about, well, the Eagles could get in with six wins. And if this happens, no, no four win football team should be in the conversation to be a playoff team. This is not that team. It's a different head coach. It's a different quarterback. These guys are going to be here for a while. They got to start getting the playoff experience. And if they get in, at this point, it's because they've earned it because all these teams are so close together. I want them in the playoffs, and I, w- I would rather – sure, if they lose, they lose. But, again, they got to get to the dance. You feel the same way, Johnny? Uh, any time they get in the playoffs, I'm happy. I understand getting to pay us and lose, but get the experience. You know, if they're in the playoffs, to me it's fun. You know, I, I love playoff football. Uh Cole anything can happen. Taylor Heineke exactly. almost won a game last year. Anything is possible, especially this year. Won. Absolutely anything is possible, depending on the matchups. And it's all about matchups. And I feel that you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Now, if they lose, yeah, that that, that would suck. But again, I, I like the playoff experience. And it'd be it'd be fun. To, it'd be fun. Let me let me just put it that way. It'll be fun. Mikhail? I guess it depends on the matchup. You know what I mean? Like I don't want them, I don't want them to go to Green Bay and get schlacked or anything like that. But I can't say no to the playoffs if you could take it. I mean, there's just there's that different feel to playoff football. You know what I mean? Like it, it's special. Yeah. Like I don't know about you guys too, but I love division games more than any other games. I specifically like when they play the Giants and Washington. I actually hate when we play the Cowboys. It's a bit obnoxious because I hate the Cowboys and I hate Cowboys fans to be honest with you. And I, I especially hate all the Cowboys fans that live around us. So um, I yeah, think that's I'll, fair. I'll, I'll take it. And I'll take the experience. You know what I mean? I just don't, the, the worst thing that I think could happen if for some reason we get into a playoff game and let's say Jalen struggles and they would, let's just say this is all hypothetical. They put Gardner in and come with. Oh 
a little bit of winning. Then you have that whole off season. You it's know, Nick Foles 2.0. If you think this two week period is bad, then you have to do that for three if, months until the draft. If Jalen, for some reason gets hurt and cannot get them into the playoffs. Like if he doesn't come back from this high uncle sprain, I do not want this team to go to the playoffs only because I can't deal with an off season of Gardner versus Jalen. Somebody breaking into your house. No, my kid's letting the dogs out. <laughs> I just saw the door open. Um, but no, the other he's thing crawling that, back below. He doesn't want to be in the frame. That's okay. Um, you should let him be on. Uh, the, I, th- I would love him to be on as he runs away. The um, the he thing that Rob that. said that I thought was really interesting uh, from you know he's from an AFC executive talking about Eagles could possibly trade pick to get twenty twenty three. That's something I definitely can see. If a team wants to come up, I could definitely see them doing something like that. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I think it depends. I feel like Howie really wants to nail this draft. But if he trades any one of the three, it'll be the last. It'll be the latest first-round pick. I feel like he would deal that one. But, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Anything could happen. We'll see. And speaking of anything can happen. It's time for the new locks of the week. Who's your lock? All right. So, Johnny, first off, recap the locks, and please let us know who wins the Call a Locksmith Award of the Week. So, your lock were the Cardinals winning by 17 or more points uh, against the Bears. They won by 11 points. Um, not too far off, but... A, not not locksmith-worthy. Yes. Uh, I had Denver getting two interceptions and four sacks. They got one interception and one sack against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I think the one who takes the cake is what we talked about on Sunday. Uh, Mike's lock that fell short on Thursday, which were the Saints winning over the Dallas Cowboys, which he says he doesn't realize he picked. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm old. Uh, you guys are going to have to cut me some slack here. Come yeah, on. Uh, <laughs> we'll call you I a locksmith. That's what we'll do. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I'm going to go say is it's going to be uh, Mike is going to get that one. So Mike is calling a locksmith. Um, besides that, we we all had some picks last week. So we'll go over the picks. Actually, tell you what. Let's do our Are You Like a Locks first. So I think we have to let Mike go first, right? I think Mike goes first. All right, Michael. What okay. you doing this week? I'm going to stick with a Thursday game. How's that sound? Cool. You know early on. <laughs> those week, those weekend rates are a bitch. <laughs> I am going to say that um, the Minnesota Vikings, without Adam Thielen and likely without Dalvin Cook, cannot withstand the Steelers coming to whatever their dome is called out there, uh, the U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, that's an ugly stadium name. But they can't take <laughs> it, and the uh, the Steelers win on the road. You know what? I'm sorry. Like. We had Veteran Stadium. We remember, like, we used to have cool stadium names. Now everything is some sort of financial institution. It's just that that doesn't work for me. And in my opinion, there should be no domes in football. Football should be outdoors. I don't care if you're in Minnesota or Indianapolis or Houston or wherever. Football is meant to be played outdoors and grass. Yeah, I, I understand the grass is hard to hold up. Like, in Chicago in December and Philadelphia and Washington because Washington is cheap and they have shit coming out of the pipes in the, the they, they do. There's literally shit pouring out of the ceiling. Can I ask a question before we move on? 
in the year 2021, where we have all this technology to make turf that withstands a season, why are so many players complaining about the MetLife turf? Like, why is this a thing? I, I did hear something that, um, I know like domes and stuff, it's a lot warmer in there. So it's, you know, it's not cold, but like in MetLife, cause I know Brandon Graham talked about it. There's absolutely no give. It's like, like with grass and stuff, there's a little given with artificial turf in inside. Um, you have a little bit of give, but the MetLife turf is different. There's like no give when you try and plant. It's right. like solid. So, mm-hmm. and you, and you get a lot of ankle in, ankle injuries, Achilles knees, you get a lot of issues. Cause look, look at last year with uh, the 49ers. They had three or four guys, major, you know, uh-huh. contributors go down with major injuries because of that field. And I know Saquon got hurt a couple times on that field. It is his home stadium. So, but the MetLife turf, I know there's been a lot that uh, they've been complaining about just because it's different. Because I think they changed it uh, a number of years ago, a couple of years ago, to that new artificial turf. Because I think it was something else before that. Yeah, well, they got to get rid of that. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, you got. It's going to cost them Saquon Barkley, is what it's going to start with. Yeah. yeah, you got two. First teams. chance Saquon Barkley gets to get out of that stadium, he will. Oh my God, he's gone. He's yeah. gone. Exactly. Chip, what's your lock of the week? So none of these games are really speaking to me on like a on like a mental metaphysical plane, man. Um, I don't know. It's it's the bye week. Like I don't. Can I say that it's a lock that the Eagles will not play this week, but yet somehow still be in the media? We know no, that. because because that's already going to happen. So I know. All right, so I'm going to go. I'll go with specific statistical thing. I'm going to look at this Chargers Giants game. I don't know. Are you froming out the? Are you froming out the mouth? I am froming at the mouth. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to lock that even though he has not played football at a professional level in quite a little bit of time, they're going to force Jake from to throw the ball way too many times. And he's going to have three interceptions and a loss to the chargers. I could see that happening. The chargers, they could also be without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but I got to be honest with you, Chip. I don't hate that. I don't think they're going to have to do too much to beat the giants on their their third string quarterback. That's what I'm saying. And they're not going to use Saquon Barkley correctly. They don't have other, like you have guys like Evan Ingram and Kenny. I mean, they, they have, they have guys. So they're going to try and utilize those weapons. I just don't know if, you know, Jake from has the ability to read a defense at that level of speed. And the chargers are a really good football team. Yeah, they are. From was a guy that I thought should have went back for his senior year at Georgia. And he agreed. Yeah. And he, I think he was a day three pick, like a six-round pick of Buffalo last year. Um, I, I remember scouting him, and I, he was so boring to watch. I was like, this guy sucks. Like, I was watching um, Kennedy Brooks, who's a running back for Oklahoma, is probably the most running back I've ever scouted in my entire life. This is blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Georgia has a quarterback like that. Stetson Bennett the fourth. Sounds like a uh, – Sounds know, like it's he, from Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, three picks and a loss. Okay, that is that, that is a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go the game. I'm gonna go I was going back and forth between two different games, but uh, I'm gonna go to the the 49ers Bengals game. Uh-huh. And 
I'm going to say the Bengals are going to win, and I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. Ooh. You're going to take that even with Joe Burrow having that finger injury? You're, you're still confident in that? I'm still confident in that. Do you guys think the 49ers are slightly overrated? I think they're I do, overrated. and as, as they continue to have their injuries pile up, you're going to see Jim uh, Jimmy Garoppolo exposed more and more. Emmanuel Mosley's hurt, which is probably their That's best what I'm player. saying. Mosley hurt. Debo Samuel's still hurt. You know, and now they have to rely on Brandon Ayuk. They can shut down Kittle. I mean, you're relying on Jimmy Garoppolo to win you football games, and uh, I don't think that's a recipe made for success. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all with that. And with that, you know, talking about our picks, you know, we don't have any Eagles games to pick this week, but we're going to go through our predictions, go through the current records, and then we'll we'll wrap it on up. So currently sitting in fourth place is Johnny Yu. Uh, he has 118 wins and 76 losses. He was eight and six last week. Um, Who would you put your faith in that let you down? Who would I put my faith in that let me down? Yeah, who was your big, like, this was going to be a win, and it didn't happen? Six teams, but uh, if, I had to pick, <laughs> if I had to pick just one, uh, let me uh, pop into this spreadsheet and let me take a look at the massive misses that I had. Um, I'm going to say the one that really let me down is I'm going to go with the damn by Vikings losing. All right, well, that's to be fair. Line. I think that was everybody. Okay, so if I got to pick another one, which I'll no, no, that's fine. No one predicted the Lions winning. How about the Raiders? I picked Washington. Um, yeah, I, I actually did pick the Lions winning last week. I made a, a bet on Fanduel. It was you, a, you like a lock, the, right? No, no, it, you could do the, um, you know, you could pick the who's like who a team will make have their first win against, and I put a couple bucks on the Lions beating the Vikings. So. I won eight dollars. <laughs> I made a two dollar uh, bet. Whatever, I figured why not. I like it. Uh, Jeff is currently, and it's a tight competition. Jeff is currently sitting in third place with one hundred and twenty and seventy four. He was nine and five last week. I am in second, just one game ahead of Jeff at one twenty one and seventy three. Ten and four last week, and Jeremy Bridges is one game ahead of me, hundred twenty two and seventy two. Ten and four last week. Um. So, gentlemen, anything else we got to discuss before we give it a wrap, Christmas present style? I don't think so. Hopefully, some. Michael, how about you, buddy? No, I'm good. Good week of football. Some teams lose that we want to see lose, and hey, maybe make it all better. I'm excited for a stress-free Sunday. Yeah, me too. Who? Who? Oh, who do we cheer for in the Cowboys? I almost said. R word. Um, who do we cheer for in the Dallas Washington game? I was told that it's actually better for the Eagles if we cheer for the Cowboys, but like, what do you cheer for like a tie and everybody gets hurt? Or like, what do you I'm cheering for Bane to come in and blow the stadium up? Hey, I, I, one, I'm cheering for a tie. Screw it. One, my, my opinion, one team is going to lose and the Eagles play Washington. So, whatever Washington does, if you beat them the next week, you know. It is what it is. One of the teams, let them just beat up on each other, and one team's going to lose, one team's going to win. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. So, all right, real quick, let's talk about the wonderful sponsors we have here on the All About the Birds 
weekly Wednesday report on the AAT Sports Network. So, of course, we start with Statement Games, a fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure you're checking out the link in the bio. We have the aatsportsnetwork.com slash slash shop with all of our great designs. We have Symbol, the stock market for sports, symbol.com. Use the promo code AAT Sports when you sign up. La Terrain Luxury Watches. Use the code AAT Birds at checkout for 10% off. Our brewery, of course, is funkbrewing.com. Make sure you are checking them out. And our very favorite to say and utilize is manscaped.com. Partner with AAT Birds. Use the code AAT Birds for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. <laughs> Your balls will thank you. Gentlemen, it's been real. It's been fun, but I don't know if it's been real fun. Shout out to Rob Motti, our wonderful guest this fine evening. Make sure you are listening back, checking out all the great things he had to say. Uh, make sure you are liking, subscribing, and sharing. We're trying to build up the YouTube page. We're trying to build up the Facebook page. Obviously, Twitter, it'd be great if comments would work, but since they don't, you know, away, away we go. And uh, gentlemen, as we end every show here on the All About the Birds weekly report and the AT Sports Network, we end with a very positive and happy... Go Birds! Go Birds! It's the most wonderful time of the year. The season of giving is upon us, and Manscaped is getting into the holiday spirit. Go to manscaped.com and use the code AATBIRDS for 20% off and free shipping on all your holiday gifties. To help get you into the spirit, we rewrote some of your favorite holiday songs to remind you of all their great products. Shave your balls with gifts from Manscaped. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be smoother. Fa la 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 la. Buy some gifts today from Manscaped.com. Two free gifts for you from Manscaped.com. Grooming around. Your Christmas tree with the lawnmower 4.0. Your jingle balls need some fresh grooming, and it's the only way to go. Smoother balls, smoother balls. Use manscaped crop exfoliator. Grandpa needs to trim his ears and nose hairs Cause he can't hear or smell us anymore You can say he could just use a razor But the Weed Whacker 2 is the way to go For the Jewish friends in your life Manscaped, Manscaped, Manscaped Shave your balls today And when they're dry and ready A smooth menorah you can play I got Manscaped's brand new body wash Used it on my mistletoe last night Also used the two-in-one Shampoo conditioner just for fun I washed and scrubbed everywhere Now the smells improved a ton Put in your order at manscaped.com today and have a great gift to give this holiday season. Use the code AATBIRD to check out for 20% and free shipping. That's AATBIRDS at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Have a holly jolly ball a day this winter with Manscaped.